the fact that Nick Pope got as high as he did. He's fourth. He was fourth overall. It's true. He's no, probably going to get chosen for England tomorrow. No. No, sure. Nick Pope is so, a hero, Dave. If you say anything other than that, <laughs> we are going to have no. fisticuffs. All right, welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer Unfortunately Season Ending Podcast. This is David Smith. Scott, summer is my best season, Weeby. <laughs> it is. Brian Shusko. I love the summer. Sideways. This is my, I'm very excited we about this pod. We are 30 seconds in and it went sideways. No, I'm excited about this pod. This is our season ending pod. We're going to do a season recap. We're going to do a bunch of the segments that we do, but in a season ending way. Sure. We're going to end our pod with a special game that I created. I've stolen from other podcasts. Sure. Different kinds of podcasts. Do this type of thing called overrated, underrated. Take that yes. other podcast. I've yeah. got 10 Premier League related items or people you guys have to tell me if you think this thing is overrated or underrated. Man. And I'm telling you right now, someone's going to get punched in the face. I like Uh-oh. it. So Anytime, this is going to be good. I love. I encourage violence. Violence. <laughs> violence in in a uh, in a fisticuffs this way, Brian. Kind of like kind of like the old school English boxers. This is not as you, when they had their arms when, out. When you look at someone and you go, "Put up your dukes." <laughs> this is not <laughs> a violent podcast. <laughs> it could be. It could be. But no, this is exciting, and we've got a great summer ahead. We might talk about that. I am excited end. about the summer. Like another, yeah. Every other year, we get a World Cup summer or a Euro summer. That's right. Both are awesome. You left out Gold Cup, but I'll I'll allow it. When when the United States deserves <laughs> to be mentioned <laughs> oh, again, man, fair enough. Then I will begin to mention Listen, them. We God are save all, us, Pulisic. We are all three Lions fans this summer. That's fact. true. Very fact. All right, so we're going to go into it. We've got a number of interesting things. I think everyone listening and anyone who normally listens is going to enjoy what we're about to sure, do. Sure, I hope so. Well, listen, it's a sort of a celebration, a culmination of the end of the fantasy season. We've been doing this for 38 plus weeks. I'm just sad that Brian can't tell us to get onto the matches. I, well, yeah, that's true. There's no point to go onto the matches, but there is something that we do need to take care of. At the start. Sure. We need to tell everyone that I did win the title. Well, I was going to say, we need to do the how to say. Right now? Really early. Because it has such a massive, it's of such massive importance. Hold on, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I walked us through the order of our pod, Brian, and you were okay with it being in the middle. Well, no, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it being at the beginning of the podcast. Now, I need everyone who's listening at home to understand that we do plan... (laughs) These shows, for the most part, it usually sounds unscripted <laughs> because it is. But there's at least an agenda put together. Sure. And Brian, I don't care about your agenda. That is clear. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess then uh, go well, ahead look, and take it away, Brian. The importance of this, though, is that it's this is a player that is it demands attention at the top of the show. Do you need to say my name? Is this is a how to well, say listen, about me. Well, no, listen. I just want to get to the player. All right, all right. Because and so, David, we'll talk about the music in a little bit. Okay. Because there there will be music for this, right? Well, sure. I mean, there's always something. Okay. Well, we'll have something. Uh, this week's how to say uh, it has been building for just about three years. 
Uh, but finally, we get the definitive information. Interesting. To set the record straight once and for all. Okay. Curious. Not unlike Delhi Ali, uh, this dude has spent very much of his relatively short time in the league at or near the top of the game. And yet, a more apt comparison may be to Cristiano Ronaldo or even the great Zlatan Ibrahimovic, considering the way he dominated the game when it really mattered at the end of the season. This is, uh, I mean, to compare anyone to Zlatan, Brian. Much like Ronaldo, our dude today spends most of his days celebrating shirtless, (laughs) just as he did as a young, stupid farm boy from Minnesota. <laughs> this is about me. His first name is... Hold on. His first name is Scott. I liked it when it was about me before. <laughs> I don't like this and now, yes. And now you know exactly who our How to Say person is today. This is great. As striker this season for Lake Wobegon Albion, <laughs> he averaged... My team name. He averaged a whopping 59.6 points per week. The kind of numbers that you would expect from a young Wayne Rooney. Yes. <laughs> or an MLS-aged Wayne Rooney. Yes. It wasn't all smooth sailing, however. The ebbs and flows of the FPL season are cruel and unyielding, and Scott had his ups and downs just like everyone else. Mm, true. But his ups were uppier, <laughs> and his downs were much less downy. <laughs> And to top it all off, he showed his prophetic abilities by placing exactly where he said he would at the beginning of the season. Huh. First. Yeah. So, we need to say his last name with respect, (laughs) since we will never be allowed to forget this as long as we live. (laughs) The last name has more vowels than consonants, a fan favorite for spellers all over the world. It comes from a Minnesota Chippewa Indian word meaning rubs it in your face. <laughs> your champion in our very mini league, What Is This World Twisted? A confirmed top better than one percenter. None other than Scott Weeby. Yeah. Thank hey. you, Brian. Cheer hey, it. Thank that, you. That Applaud it. That's how to say how and to say a good clap champion for champion. I yes. appreciate champion, that. Top one percent. That's very, good. Very good. You the never thought thing is you, weird, but yo, don't get hung up on that. Okay. Look, all, right. all I wanted to do was compare you to Delhi, <laughs> <laughs> Cristiano, Cristiano and Ronaldo, and Zlatan because he loves them so much. <laughs> Your My three, three favorite, favorites. Yes. Three favorite people. No, I have. So I I feel like I'm still learning. You know, we do this podcast, so obviously we take fantasy Premier League very seriously. And, uh, and but I'm still learning things all the time. You yeah. know, we're three years into this, and I I didn't realize how important overall rank was to so many of the serious FPLers oh, yeah. out there. Oh, that that's like status stuff, man. It's true. Now I'm not there. I was not there. I, I had a modest goal once I realized this was a thing. Yeah, and it was roughly you know two thirds into the season. Uh, I realized I wanted to follow this and pay attention to this, and I set a modest goal for just being the top 1%. Now, anyone who pays attention to the FPL website knows that there are nearly 6 million people who play FPL each year. So 1% is just under the top 60,000. 60, yeah. 
And I was fortunate enough to finish right around 33,000. Yeah. It's way up there. So Brian, that's almost excited. in the 0.5% range. It's By true. comparison, what? last season, I finished at 200,000. Yeah. Wow. Which was which comparative to where I had been at the beginning of the year was was, was awesome. Was awesome. For sure. But but <laughs> your fairy tale ride but is well. No documented. matter what, I mean, finishing I think in the top where you're into five, in the five figures. Yeah. I feel like that's a, it is an accomplishment out of whatever it was, six million, almost six million people. Yep. No. Hey, well done. Well done. Thank you, Brian. As much as uh, I would love to uh, mock your Luca strategy, which it continues to be a stupid strategy, <laughs> one which I doubt you will keep okay. next year. But hey, it worked for you this year. It uh, doesn't automatically overall, carry over. There's no question. Right. Hey, overall, well done. And uh, listen, great job. It will be tough for you to top this year. That's true. But hey, soak it in. Soak it in, champ. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. I just want you to know I put my money where my mouth is. I played Luca in the bench number one spot week 38. Luka Milivojevic. Yep. Anyone That's listening it. to this at and this point? Probably it helped you by doing that this week. Yeah. He only got three points, so I was okay not getting those points this sure. week. All right. Well, I'm about to uh, go from the highest of highs, thank mm-hmm. you, Brian, to the lowest of lows as we move on to squaring up on our bets. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. There are two bets that we need to discuss. Uh, the first one is in my face. Dave, you win. Marco did not score four goals over the last five matches yeah. of the Listen, season. Listen, if there's one thing that gave me some little bit of comfort, Brian, and solace it was, is it the was. fact that I did win some bets. <laughs> it's fact, true. I, ran, I won the majority of bets. I lost a couple, but I, I won the majority. Well, you did. You absolutely did. Uh, Iozzi last week we discussed. Marco now this week. He did score this past week. Hey, Marco. And, yeah, and Marco. Over Everton. Marco Just think if we would have made an Iozzi bet for the rest of the year, too, with him getting a double. I mean, who we wouldn't have thought he'd score two at Chelsea. It's true. Against Chelsea, not at Chelsea. They were at home. Newcastle was at home. That's all right. Still an impressive uh, brace. One of four, I believe, on the day. By the way, I hope you uh, enjoyed and followed along listening at home to our live tweeting on Championship Sunday. Great. It's fantastic. Uh, We Mm -hmm. did a lot of that and uh, gained a few followers along the way, so we're hopeful that you're listening to us now, maybe even for the first time. Uh, So, Dave, you won that bet. Marco only scored two goals over that span of time. I thought he'd score four. When we made the bet week 35, I think... Uh, you said the the over under was four. I yep. took the under. You took the over. Yep, and the under it was. Now for the true drama of game week thirty eight, Brian and you had this bet between true. who would score more points over the last five weeks of the season. Was it five weeks? Do I have that right? It was five game maybe weeks? five to six. I feel like it was the same week you and I made a bet. We don't yeah. have. We can't check facts. No, we don't have research. Maybe 32, 33-ish. Something like that. If we could only go back and listen yeah. to the podcast we've done in the past. It anyway. was no more than 10 weeks ago. <laughs> Brian made the point that he thought the two West Brom forwards, Solomon Ronan and Jay Rodriguez, would outscore the two Manchester City forwards of Sergio Aguero and Gabriel Jesus. Now, obviously, there were multiple layers involved with this. Not layers in the bet, but layers on why the bet was even interesting. West Brom obviously fighting relegation. True. Manchester City had won, for the most part, and or were close to it when we had made the bet. Sergio Aguero was still playing. Right. We we did not know he was hurt yet. Correct. And so, uh, man, I thought this was like... No-brainer. No-brainer. Duh. 
That was exactly stupid. why it's such an intriguing bet. Stupid Brian. That's true. And you know how it ended? Yeah. Uh, After a... game week 38, thanks to a last gasp, Gabrielle Jesus' goal, <laughs> the bet ends in a tie. What a wonderful tie. What a wash. 34 I, 34. I totally feel like I just kissed my sister. Uh, well, which is to say you kissed Brian. And I believe <laughs> that Jesus' goal was the last goal. Probably the last ball that went season? into the net that went into the seat that was I for believe the season, you're right. I would imagine so because I think it was in like yeah, ninety right. plus. I don't four. remember it was a ninety plus. Something like I, that. I don't remember any other ninety pluses, so I think you're right. And you would have thought that that was the goal that won the title for City the way they celebrated. What it was though was the goal that got them one hundred points on the. That's season. a big deal though, man. Getting the century mark, saying that you scored a hundred. It, listen, anyone who played high school basketball, uh, this is not a basketball podcast. Look, you, you hang a hundred points on someone in high school basketball. That's a big. That's a big deal. You hang a hundred goals in a season. No, you know, hundred points. I mean, a hundred points. Forgive me, thank you, Scott. In a season, man, that's a huge deal. I just did some quick math. Yeah. Thirty-eight, the yes. number of matches in the season, yes. times three, yes. the number of points you can earn at the most in any match. It's one hundred and fourteen. So there's a ceiling of 114 possible points, and City <laughs> That's earned a max. 100 of 114. them. 114. They, they lost somewhere throughout the entire 38-game season. They lost 14 points. That's not a lot. That's ridiculous. No, yeah, not. it is. Well done, City. Well-deserved title. And uh, hey, guys, uh, you know what? This bet, I think it was perfectly ended here, 34-34. So it, it, it was a wash. So now we'll go into our season review. We're going to go position by position, just evaluate what happened over the course of the season, looking at the final point totals and anything else that we want to look at. And uh, we'll do it by position once again, uh, because obviously you know there are four of them. It's an easy way to do it. So we're going to start from the back and work our way to the front throughout, the, throughout this pod. So for now, we want to discuss what we want to review about the goalkeepers. couple things, Scott. There's going to be a couple times in this pod where I'm going to look at you and I'm going to say to you, Scott, yeah. you dumb <laughs> <laughs> You okay. were wrong. I, I now, have no doubt that's true. Surprise! Listen, <laughs> if you ask most fantasy <laughs> scores, Brian, yeah. uh, they could tell you everyone probably had close to the same goalkeepers, right? A lot of the season, De Gea, yeah. Fabianski, Pope, Ederson. No, not Ederson. Let me tell you who was on the list, Scott, at fifth overall. Yeah. Matt Ryan. Yeah. From Brighton. From Brighton. Does he win the Brad Guzan Award for Courage for the season? Listen. He'd he, have to be way up there, considering the amount of uh, the amount of abuse that he must have taken over the course of the season. He was... He finished f six points. <clears throat> he finished six points behind Nick Pope. That's right. Who finished fourth overall? We talked and, about yeah. And points per pound. Yeah. He was cheaper. He was he was four point six. Um, not entirely unlike uh, Lucas Fabianski, who finished second overall in saves for the season. Matt Ryan finished a healthy third in saves with one hundred and twenty-four. Fabian. 20. Fabianski finished third overall in total points with 157. Brian, uh, uh, sorry, Dave, give me uh, Ryan's points per pound again. 
Ryan's points per pound were 31.73. Wow. So what's really interesting about the goalkeepers is that for the most part, on average, the top four to five goalkeepers were miles ahead yeah. points per pound over their other positional counterparts. Do you have De Gea's points per pound Absolutely. there? Because he was probably the conventional number one for De Gea's points per pound. He, De Gea scored 172 points on the year. So he scored uh, 20 points more than Pope. Yeah. 26 more points than Ryan. Ryan in fifth place. But De Gea's price was significantly more. Right. Yeah. So so 5.9 is where he finished the season. Obviously, he, he probably didn't start there. He started he probably at 5.5. 5. 5. 5. Yep. So... But he finished the season at twenty or twenty nine point one five points per pound. Matt Ryan thirty one point seven three, and Nick Pope thirty point four zero. So technically, your money went further, even though De Gea outscored them by twenty and twenty six points respectively. It was the money you were saving where you very possibly could have spent it somewhere else. Points per pound, your value, which you love, well, yeah, was with. Matt Ryan. Unbelievable that you won't be able to choose Ben Foster or Lucas Fabianski for your for your bench yeah. goalkeeper next season. Assuming they don't go me. somewhere. I don't know, man. Those guys seem Fabianski like they're kind of fixtures. Fabianski might stick with and, Swansea, but it wouldn't surprise. He's a good I goalkeeper. Can, I can see. I'm my. I'm hoping that. I'm hoping that Jack Butlin goes to something like. Crystal Palace or something like Arsenal? where he's actually useful. I don't <laughs> Why want him can't to because I, 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 I don't want him to go to a place like that. I want him to go to somewhere fun. Somewhere fun. I hate you. <laughs> uh, you know it's interesting. So obviously Ryan had a higher points per pound than David de Gea. I, I want to go on record as we get started with discussing uh, by position here to say that points are points. The word value is way overused when it comes to fantasy. I don't care about whether or not someone's price is low and maybe he could get some points, all that matters is who's going to get me the most points for my 100 pounds. That's what matters. Now, with that said, it is interesting that that basically what I'm trying to say is that when it comes to value, the only thing I'm going to listen to is points per pound. And Matt Ryan clearly had a high value when it came to actual points compared to his price. Um, Dave, could you do the same thing with Lursel from Huddersfield? Did he rank anywhere in, in anywhere where it matters? After the 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 top eight ranks went De Gea. Th- this is total score: De Gea, Ederson, Fabianski, Pope, Matt Ryan, Jordan Pickford. Surprisingly, yeah. Lloris Courtois. I gave up after that. Well, I'm just looking. I mean, I, mean, I could easily click there, on it. There's and not, just yeah. Lursell and Butlin round out the top. 10. Well, I was going to say there's not really a there's not there's not an, a, a ton of correlation necessarily between saves and and point position uh, you know, for fantasy Premier League, but the fact that you had people like Asmir Begovic with 111 saves that's best seventh best Lursell at eighth with 103 saves like you have Lursel and Fabianski and Matt Ryan all in the top 10 Fabianski and Ryan two and three in, in overall saves for the season those are trash they're, yeah. they're trash they're all trash no yeah. Huddersfield Huddersfield and Brighton and Swansea and Stoke there's Jack Butlin at number one 144 saves for the season like right. You know, it, it and and De Gea is fifth. I mean, that's uh, the obvious best value there. You know, I think for points, for 
what you actually for saves, what you actually got in points, like all of those things together for David De Gea, you know, De Gea was uh, was far and away. It's the reason why he was far and away the best goalkeeper to have for the well. You say for that, the season for the, I, over the thirty eight weeks, he only, I mean, he finished twenty six higher, twenty six points higher total than than Matt Ryan. Well, sure, and but what I'm saying is, if you had started the season with De Gea and didn't do anything with him, right. You're starting at probably five, five and a half. Five. Yeah, he comes up throughout the season, obviously, because people are gonna are gonna do that. And Ryan you had Matt Ryan or Fabianski as your second goalkeeper. One, you didn't have to change those guys probably at all for the entire season. Right. Two, you finished with an amazing amount of points for your yeah. goalkeepers. If you did the same thing with Matt Ryan, I, I just wonder as far as strategy goes. Are you gonna? Are you gonna? Does it? Does because I know the fantasy Premier League is is suggesting that it might change strategies for people next season because De Gea was so good, huh. but expensive. That I think there's like this past season we were looking at it as, hey, you can get Casper Schmeichel for five dollars and yeah. you can get Ben Foster for four and a half. Would you do next season? Are you going to start with De Gea as your number one goalkeeper, and it's De Gea and it's De Gea and the worst and and whoever comes in for Wolverhampton Wanderers? Probably not. I agree. Probably not because well, I typically build front to back for week one, and that means whatever money is left over, and then based on if I've given myself enough, I'll kind of adjust to the front. But I don't build back to front with my fantasy team, even though anyone building a real club from scratch is probably going to do that. What's what I mean? I, mean, I don't build my fantasy team that way. I the big either, points are not a goalkeeper. I'll say this: I thought about that exact point today. If I just would have selected to hay it in the beginning of the year, spent my money my money in other places. Here's a thought, though: Nick Pope finished with 152 points, so 20 points behind De Gea. That was in three less games. Okay, so now technically De Gea didn't play the last game, so maybe it was two less games. Sure. The bottom line is Pope did not play the first three because Tom Heaton did, right? Sure. And Burnley's defense was a lot worse than it has been in the past. They well, had some injuries. Well, by the end of the season, sure. By the end of the season, so, they were not doing great. But Nick Pope, the fact that Nick Pope got as high as he did, he's fourth. He's fourth overall. It's true. He's no, probably going to get chosen for England tomorrow. No. No, sure. Nick Pope is a so, hero, Dave. If you say anything other than that, we are going to have no, fisticuffs. But what I'm saying is I will actually lean Burnley keeper next year to start the year. Probably. No way. No way. Whether no, it's no, Tom no. Heaton or Nick Pope. No. Scott is going to – I was going to – I assumed that Scott was going Two to say no way. words. Why? Europa, Europa League. League. There's no way I'm going near Burnley to start the season next year. Wait a minute. Year. Wait a minute. Okay. So, so but think about this. I think this is a good thought. Most Premier League managers have cup keepers and Premier League keepers. So if you uh-huh, have Pope, but they also how, how rotate you, everybody else keep, in the outfield. How do you keep Nick Pope and or Tom Heaton? Remember, I said the Burnley Premier League keeper. So if you still uh-huh. have Heaton and you still have Pope, sure. you guarantee one all the cup matches. It might be Pope because of senior leadership. I don't know how that will, will shake out, but Heaton gets Premier League. No. I'm just saying. You're assuming that both are going to stay at Burnley. I think one gets sold. 
That's my prediction. Yeah, maybe. one gets sold, and on top of that, you don't have that same. You're absolutely right that that's you, typically how rotation works for goalkeepers. It doesn't work that way for defenders and midfielders. It doesn't. Well, and Burnley doesn't have the squad to handle Europa League matches. If they even get out of the group stage, it'll be a miracle. So uh, there is no way I'm going to start the first half of the season with a Burnley goalkeeper or defender. Your no point, way. Your point is very valid, okay, because I wasn't considering that when I thought that. So I will weigh that. But my, my original thought was not considering Europa was exactly how I pre- previously said. Sure, but you can Now you shed a that. little light on that. I'll reconsider. Now, Dave, who had the most points per pound among the top goalkeepers? Uh, Lucas Fabianski. Fascinating. 33.40, technically the best value... Yeah. Points per pound with yeah. Lucas Fabianski. All right, so interesting. I I don't remember exactly how I started the season, but I feel like it was Jordan Pickford, Nick Pope, and then David De Gea. David De Gea was like the last six that, are weeks. You, are you going through your transition? That was who my starting goalkeepers okay. were primarily for the season. Typically, I had a starting goalkeeper and a backup goalkeeper, and I didn't switch it too much, maybe occasionally based on matchup. But so that was about I, it. I, I'm almost positive. I think I started the year with Fabianski, and yeah. I had his backup Nordfeld as you handcuffed. Interesting. I did. That's smart. So that for whatever reason, if you were to get hurt or not start, because Nordfeld was like three point nine. That so, would have been a great move. And, and you so, like and you like money. We talked about. I do hand, like. We talked about handcuffing <laughs> goalkeepers. That's true. As a, as a possible strategy. That is that, cheap. Uh, that if you employed that. Congratulations, because nobody else, I don't think. That's true. You have to stay strong with goalkeepers, especially like a Fabianski. He's going to have some bad weeks, depending on matchup. Then he's going to have weeks where he gets a clean sheet. I feel like he had a lot of penalty saves. I don't know the numbers on that. If there was only some way we could look that up. There's no way. The bottom line is, I feel like like every sixth week, he had a penalty save, which is just completely fantastic. Other than, than the guys we mentioned. He had three on the season. That's, that's not that many, Every but ten, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. Now, let me just say this. Fabianski was basically my backup goalkeeper all year long. So those 157 points, third overall, essentially didn't do much for me because someone else was my default starting goalkeeper. It was really interesting. Now, game week 38, he did count towards me, and that was right. a great thing because I think sure. he had a nine. Yeah. Uh, and because David De Gea sat, and yeah. even in a two-one loss, he still got a penalty save. So that's, right. that's what you're just in your recency bias yeah, sure. mind, Dave. Thank you. But he was pretty much my backup, my backup goalkeeper because the Swansea goalkeeper is always going to probably rank behind whoever you prefer. But honestly, he would have been great as a starting keeper. This is the last time we'll discuss Swansea for a year. I know. At least. At least. Good call. It's kind of sad because Cardiff is coming up. And that oh, Welsh, you, you know the Cardiff City people are oh, they're going thrilled. bonkers yeah. because they're going up and, and Swansea's going down. But we would have been better with a Welsh Derby because this year. Because I think three years ago, we they were that. both in the league and Swansea stayed up and then, uh, of course, Cardiff went back down. I'm just glad Wales still has some kind of presence. Sure. Anything else on goalkeepers, gentlemen? No. Just to reiterate that Nick Pope is a hero and... It's going to be sad that he's not going to be as desirable an option next year, especially with if there's competition from Tom Heaton, depending on what happens there. Plus, hey, I'll take, unless he's I'll take sold. Nick Pope and or Butler. Yeah, I was going to say. I, I was going to say. I, I can't imagine that they. In my mind, though, if you're if you're Sean like Dyche, you keep both. If you're Sean Dyche, you sell Heaton. Tom Heaton. 
not Pope. Yeah. Anything so, else about uh, goalkeepers? Brian? Yeah, just one other thing. Other than Nick Pope is a hero, um, Ederson uh, getting a minus one while not playing <laughs> in week 38 is an How absolute... Is I don't know. I don't care. Didn't, How did he get a didn't, minus one? Don't know. Didn't see the game. Didn't see any highlights. Oh. have no idea. I'm, oh, ass- I'm assuming it was he something... He minus one and I, he didn't even play? I'm, yeah, he did not. Bravo was out there. I'm assuming it was um, something that he did from the bench. He got a yellow card from the bench. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, Wait a minute, so did that count as him playing? Oh, yeah. Because he actually scored? So count, he has a it, negative well, see, here's one the thing. with zero so minutes. It counted, it counted as him playing when you have him like I did, and In he's on your bench, position. and you use bench boost. If you did not use bench boost and you had him in, he was subbed out for your other goalkeeper because he didn't play. Okay, so it didn't count wow. as him playing, but if he played bench boost, which a lot of people very possibly it, played bench boost, it that last counted week. as a minus one. <laughs> amazing. That is amazing. There, there is nothing that is. I feel like it is one of the most poetically perfect ways to for my to, for my season, season. personally <laughs> to end was him getting a minus one on my bench. It's true. So anyway, that's it. true. All Ederson's right. going to be around for a long time as long as he stays to that contract that he just signed. So that's it. World record holder, Ederson. Yep. Is that right? Kick it, he kicks it far, man. He kicks it far. Before we go to the defenders, I want to give out my fantasy half point. Now, I could have gone in any kind of direction. I could have gone with a feel-good story. I could have gone with, I mean, the you know someone who did a great thing this past week. Someone who had a great performance. But I decided to go in a completely different and unexpected direction. Uh-oh. You're probably going to hate this. But I wanted to look up how many players ended the season with a grand total of one fantasy point. <laughs> okay. And there were quite a few. Yes, really? you're right. This is annoying. <laughs> Th- this might be the dumbest, the dumbest fantasy who, point ever. Who was it? Scott, well, but, but there was multiple. Ones, there were so. lots. Oh, of Oh, there's them. more than one. There were lots of them, but there were. When I looked at the list of of players who Some, finished with one fantasy point, someone stood out. He stood out because number one, he is an American. Oh, good. Number two, he earned his one point in game week thirty-eight. Oh, okay. Now, now I'm I'm into this now. The person I'm referring to is Bournemouth midfielder Emerson Hindman. Who started this past week in the final match of the season earned one point because he subbed out after 58 minutes and did absolutely nothing during the match. But I'm excited because as long as he doesn't get sold from Burnleth, Burn, Burnleth, 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 he will absolutely go into my all-American team to start next season. Which, by the way, I've already got a list started. If you guys want to help me out, if yeah. listeners want to help me out on Twitter, at Fantasy Soccer FC, yeah. I'm going to create a bunch of different fun fantasy teams. Take the picture and post them on our website, FantasySoccerFC.com, when the season starts. Are you going to maintain them? I don't know. No, I'm going to try. You don't need try. to. What, you set it and forget it? Set it and forget it. Like the, uh, what was it, the, that, that rotisserie chicken thing? That, like it was... The the infomercial, right? The set it and forget set it, it. Forget it. Um, yeah, I don't know. What was had, the product? I haven't. Got we the remember the slogan, clue. not the product. It was rotisserie chicken. You do it. You you just put the thing in and you you close the no door and you about. set it and forget it. Okay. 
Good moment there. <laughs> I'm not looking that up and going to pretend that that moment <laughs> never happened. <laughs> so basically, for being American... Oh, by the way, sorry. About the teams. I'm going to do an all-American team. Yeah. I'm going to do a non-Chelsea team. Cool. In other words, people so no who... no one's been loaned. People or- from Chelsea or on Chelsea but loaned out. Basically, anyone whose shirt no, no, no. is not Chelsea... Never been owned sold or touched by Chelsea. No, no, no. It's the other way around. All the guys who aren't on Chelsea but have played for oh, or are okay. being loaned out by Chelsea. That's going to be All a right. great team. All way. right. It I'm going to do a non-Chelsea team. And then any other ideas that you've got? Oh, we're doing an all-injury team. An, all, an all-injury. Absolutely an all-injury team. team. So those are three ideas we have so far. We'd love to get your additional ideas at FC on Twitter. And we will we will have those ready at the start of the next season. Sure. I'm just praying, anyway, that, I'm just praying that Lyndon Gooch comes back to the Premier absolutely. League Absolutely. That is not happening. I think Sunderland is League One next season. Gooch! So that's not going to go well. But because he's American... <laughs> Because he waited to the final game week to get his one fantasy point on the season, I want to give an extra fantasy, honorary, meaningless half point to Emerson Hindman of Bournemouth. Thank you, Emerson Hindman, for being Hind- absolutely nothing. useless all season. All right, let's move on to the defenders. Let me just give the, the top five, since you can only have five defenders on your squad at the most. Top five in total points. Top five in total points. The top two are Chelsea Blues. Yep. Cesar Azpilicueta and Marcus Alonso. It's shocking because of how far down Courtois was in the goalkeeper. That's a good point. Odomendi of City, Antonio Valencia of Manchester United, and Ben Davies of Tottenham round out the top five. The big thing for me is that Cesar Azpilicueta played every minute of the season except for one match. I was going to say, he's the West Morgan of the Premier League he this year? He did not play one match. Wow. Um, well, that's part of the reason why he's number one. Yeah, he is he is not only very good as a defender, you know, obviously as a, as a player, but his bonus point capability... Is, is that what it, got him the top spot? Is exceptionally high, and I'm sure that contributed. I don't know that that's the sole reason why he was the top defender, but the fact that he finished with so many bonus points for the f- throughout the season, I think it was 25 total bonus points for the season. That's a good number. Now, yeah, 25 total bonus points for. Cesar Azpilicueta over the course of the season. There are 38 matches, and he got bonus points in tw- in twenty. So he got 25 bonus points. Like, like the closer you are to one a match, it seems like that's impossible. Knowing the way that you have to accumulate bonus yeah. points in the bonus point system, sure. I know it's not actually one a match, but 25 bonus points in 37 matches, I'd say, is pretty dang good. It is very good. Interesting. Hashtag analysis. <laughs> Hashtag analysis. Interesting that Marcus Alonso had less points than Azpilicueta, but also had five less matches. So if you huh. if you look at the the stat of points per game, I wish you would say less, fewer amounts of times. <laughs> if you look at the, <laughs> sure. Hashtag grammar. <laughs> if you look at, in my face, I'm not trying to. Sure. I'm not trying to, no, it's good. to weeby it on you. Or rather <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't turn my name I'm into a verb. Kidding. I won't do that. My name is not a verb, I sir. Know, I know. Not Marcus Alonso had five points per game even 
Azpilicueta mm-hmm. had 4.72 points per game. So Alonso played less, but actually had more points per game when he played. If you I can get that five, was interesting. five points a game, you'll take that. Anybody anyone, yeah, is, is that is fantastic. So, so, but here's the thing: I never owned Marcus Alonso once. He was the most expensive defender. Almost the entire you year. Ended the season over seven. But pounds. here's the deal. Do you just want to? You, you well, got paid for it. Well, I was gonna say. Yeah. Do you just want to answer the question right now? Going into next season, one is Antonio Conte going to be there? No, I doubt it. Two, does is the Chelsea exodus, as some people might be predicting, if Conte leaves, re, a reality? Maybe. What does that do to all of the loaned players that are out there right now? I'm looking at you, Ruben Loftus-Cheek. And or the 60 others. Right. I know there's a ton of guys, but that's I'm just thinking of guys like that who are who were, when they were available and when they were playing, it was like anyone who was a Chelsea fan said, oh yeah, that guy's really good. We need to get him back. So that they wouldn't sell him permanently on a permanent deal to Crystal Palace, right. for example. Sure. So what I'm saying is, like, with this number, knowing that Azpilicueta started at six and a half at the beginning of the season, yes, that's expensive, but knowing this, the stability of this, I mean, how could you... It's This is David De Gea in goal yeah. as a defender, and it's this is yet another example of good luck picking the value guy... For four and a half or five points, that's going to do game. this over the course of the game. When Azpilicueta has been like this for multiple years now, and or Alonso, right? I agree. In other words, like, are you better off to to, to spend a little a little extra money and go with Alonso and De Gea, and on average just leave them in, Scott, as the, uh, the rotisserie thing? I will we'll remember it maybe at some point. Set it and forget it. Is that? You know, that's what some people will be thinking. Listen, I, at the end of the year, I always try to think about what did I learn from this year that I could add to next year yeah. when I'm setting my teams week one. And is it's these types of things that I want to reflect back on and look at and really analyze and say, okay, I know where De Gea is going to end up. Mourinho's his coach. They're going to be play good defense at home. De Gea is the best keeper in the world, anyways. You know, it's Mar- safe. Marcus Alonso loves to attack, plays in a good defense. Chances are Chelsea's defense didn't change that much. Just go with it. There's Set a little bit of an asterisk it. as we sit here because we have to follow the, the differences of Chelsea over the summer, right. as as Brian mentioned. But, yes, absolutely there is a poss- strong possibility you're going to have one, probably not two based on the price, but at least one of these two guys in your defense to start the, the season. The other thing that I see – that bothers me about Marcus Alonso, and I know, so this is where points are points meets patience. Marcus Alonso finishes with 165 points. 68 of his points came in five of his double-digit matches. The five double-digit matches that he had over the course of the season. He's a guy you've got to have in your lineup and And, not move. And four of those five happened between weeks one and 20. Yeah. So well, he had that suspension late in the season, too. right? So he missed he yeah. missed a handful of matches over the course of the season. He missed he missed five total, including the last week. He had the suspension, and he missed two back to back in the right in the, about in the middle of the season. But when you score sixty eight points out of your one hundred and sixty five, 
in five yeah. matches, where Azpilicueta scores 175 with relatively fewer double-digit matches is what i'm saying all right real, real quick because i want to keep this thing moving because i feel like we have a ton more to get to yeah i want to throw some some defensive stuff at you that jumped out at me on further analysis yeah. in the, our season review here number one ben davies finished fifth overall in defensive scoring Impressive. with 143 and get this he either missed and or was subbed into a match with like one minute left for 12 games hey wow. i'll tell you what okay all, all you're watching this summer for spurs if and where does Danny Rose go, and do they sign any other competent left left back? Wait, he plays left or right? I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Man. It, uh, they sign anyone else to compete with him, right? You know, as as a uh, in his position. So I I mentioned that because Valencia finished fourth overall in defense, mm -hmm. in total points, with 146. So only three points more than Davies. He missed seven games. That that surprised me. It's a lot of that games. That he would miss that many games. I know one of them he missed. He's the last one. A uh, double week in oh. week 34 <laughs> was really good when I got to not <laughs> see him. Brian, so Odomendi, <laughs> Odomendi finished third overall. He missed four games. Alonzo, I had already mentioned, missed five. Those couple things uh, jumped out at me. Hey, another thing that jumped out. Hector Bellerin finished eighth in overall scoring. Where, where? Brian, this is the biggest joke. This is the Craig Biggio oh. award <laughs> well, look, that I, he wins. The, the, this, is, this is not a baseball podcast, but Craig Biggio is in the Hall of Fame in baseball and did nothing but just be there his whole career. All Bellerin <laughs> did was be there, okay? Mm. He is horrible, and I hope Arsenal sells him this weekend. Trust me, there's no well, Arsenal. This weekend. Hey, baggage. look, I, mean, I remember this, this the I, summer. Okay. <laughs> I remember a week where he had put together, and Arsenal had put together a string of 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 pretty good performances, and Bellerin was in the you know was in the points in all yeah. of those. And I remember asking that, and and I think the consensus on this podcast, of course, with any almost any Arsenal defender was no. Yeah. Um, but right. in particular with him, just because of one price, two. It feels like even there's no stability. There was absolutely it felt so unpredictable with Arsenal's defense, and Hector Bellerin seems to be. Uh, it, when you're talking about pricey unpredictability, it just seems like you want to stay as far away from that as you possibly can get. So it, yes, you're right. It is weird to see him all the way up there. Keeping this defensive train moving, I want to mention this before I get to my value picks. Um, before I get to my value mentions, uh, Scott, I want to mention Andrew Robertson. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Andrew Robertson missed 16 games this season. Yep. All but of them, most of them at the beginning of his the His price, right? his price was a 5.0. He scored 111 total points. Okay. Points per game, Brian. He actually finished with a 5.04. Yeah. That's amazing. Points per game. Alonzo finished at 5. Hey. Five points per game. No one else is really close to that. That Dave Azpilicueta was a four point seven two points per there game. There is hardly anyone that this podcast wanted to see get into the starting lineup from Quicker the beginning of the season than, than Andy Robertson. I agree because Andy Robertson was a pod favorite at Hull. Yep. Andy Robertson passed the eye test. Right. In a floundering garbage Hall City team that got relegated and was nothing more than thrilling to see him be sold to Liverpool. The fact that he came in and excelled the way he did, Andy Robertson 
assuming next season that he that he doesn't lose his job back to Alberto Moreno. That's hard, right. On, it's that's hard to say that. With a, you can't. Say I can't say it with a straight without, face. Yeah, can't say it with a straight face. Yeah. All right. He but, just seems like, as price goes, seems like a, a, a close to a no brainer for defense for next season. And this is a pro tip for next year with any new signing that Liverpool makes over the summer. Klopp either eases new signings in or they tend to need some time to adapt to playing for Liverpool. Salah was not someone in anyone's lineup probably to start week one, but by week 10, he was in a lot of lineups, right? Same thing with Robertson, only for Robertson, he didn't really play much, but once he did, he immediately became valuable. You do not probably want new signings for Liverpool over the summer in your lineup week one, but keep them on your radar for the first couple of months because by October, November, you very likely will want them in your roster. By week 10, Mo Salah was in a third of the lineups just on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. Well said, Brian. <laughs> Hence the reason where we finished what we did. Hey, listen, everyone loves, especially me, Aaron val- Cresswell. Value pie. Oh. Val- well, Brian, give me a second. Okay. Value defense players. Okay. No one better than. All these players, Brian, will be under five billion dollars okay. and/or five pounds. Yeah, Aaron Cresswell leads that way with 118 points. He missed two games, twelfth overall. Yep, in total scoring, and came that on is, strong at the end of the season. Came on really strong. Uh, Jamal Lascelles, four point nine, 116 points. Ahmed Hagazi, four point six, 114 points. Don't even points. say his name. <laughs> I know how bad that hurt. I know uh, that Mujanin, and then Zanka. <laughs> Zonka Scott, in your face, Scott Weeby, how to say celebrity this week. Listen, you said in the beginning of the year you mocked the Huddersfield defense with because they had multiple players. Huddersfield kind of had a softer early schedule. And you said there's no way at the end of the year that they will be worth anything finishing out. Zonka at a 4.5 finished with 107 points, 23 23.77 points per pound more than Marcus Alonso. You get more value there. Obviously, yeah. not more points. That is sort of a little bit in your face. Yeah, no question. Yeah, I think I would rather have I think I would rather have had him over the season than Alonso. For three dollars difference, I think that's a that that one seems like Zonka a, played an every game, and that and that's the other thing we we love reliable players, and, Z- and Zonka played every game. I mean, the story of the season is the fact that Brighton Hutters well, one of the stories, excuse me, it, yeah. is that Brighton Huddersfield and Newcastle all stayed up. Now, I'm going to go ahead and just say it right now: they're, they're not, not all staying up next. Without year. knowing who they're going to sign this summer, the sophomore slump could be a very real thing. And if everything stays close to the way it is right now, I'm going to predict at least one, if not two, of those clubs is going to be relegated next yeah, season. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Anything else on defenders, Brian? No, I just think, yes, there's some. Uh, <laughs> no, there's nothing, uh, but there is something. Uh, hey, Dave, not to belabor the Arsenal point, sure. but somebody like, uh, let's say, Scrotum Mustafi. Yes. Scroton. Thank you for saying that correctly. <laughs> Is he going to play a significant role for Arsenal next season? Uh, we can't answer that yet. Not if the new incoming manager can uh, sell him. 
and to get anything worth the value that they just bought him for and or thinks I don't know. Maybe Arsenal didn't. Re- maybe Wenger didn't require enough. Honestly, I do think he's a decent player. Not decent enough so much that Germany didn't think so and did not include him in the World Cup, which he did play in the prior World Cup for them. So, hey, I don't know necessarily what to think, but uh, it. I don't want the same. The same guy who played this year, I don't want coming back. I'm just looking at it and just thinking, like, okay, top clubs, all of the top defenders. Every single one of them, all of them, from one through ten, all play for top five clubs. Every single person. There is no one in the top ten that is less than six dollars. Chris, or there are only a few that are less than six dollars. And Chris Smalling, the only reason why he's in there is because he crept up at the end of the season. Chris Smalling was not in a in a in a consistently starting role. So I just think. You look at guys like, you know, as much as it's like Bellerin, there's Nacho. Nacho made it in there. And Nacho was in and out of the lineup as much as everyone else was all through the all through the Europa League stuff for Arsenal at the end of the season. So I just look at guys like, you know, there was, you know, Callum Chambers was kind of in and out there at the end. And I think Mustafi was kind of a darling pick because of the number of clean sheets he was responsible for or part of for a while there with Arsenal. Early. But by the, but by the end of the season, defense. but by the end of the season, it's like this guy makes bonehead play after bonehead play uh-huh. to the point that one, yeah, you know, like you said, he's not even in the Germany, he's not in the Germany right. World Cup team, and and you would have to think like looks more like a liability by the end of the season. I just think it's really interesting when you see these guys and you just say, as much as I want to go after cheap defenders, the amount of points that the top guys get, it just seems like I tried to avoid having a top defender on my team the entire season. And it just seems like that was probably not. It a very honestly good idea. looks. You're right, Brian. In hindsight, it looks like you probably wanted to go discount on goalkeeper, and then have at least three top six defenders. Yeah, and then maybe a couple of discount guys like Cresswell and Zyka. Yeah, that that really was where your money should have hindsight been spent. Hindsight being 2020. Can maybe, we use that for next year? Though? And next, In I know that's what I mean. Next year, it's not this. It's not the same. It's not. It's a completely maybe new. Not. It's a the new dynamics year will change. Barring rule changes, though. That could be a decent general formula to start out the season, depending on matchups. All right, before we get into our last two positions, the sexy positions, midfielders and forwards, Dave, you want to share some things that you now know. Oh, boy. Yes. I'm going to use this opportunity to use the bathroom. Brian, things, now that Scott's going to the restroom. Yes, uh, ma'am. Things things I didn't know. I, I, I came up with five things. And then I came up with five other things that Scott doesn't even know about. Okay. But things I now know. Okay. So things I didn't know. And I'll start with this. Um, things I didn't know. That the World Cup would matter this much. Yeah. That the World Cup would end up mattering this much and affect this many fantasy lineups to finish up the year. Whether it's guys resting, guys getting playing time, or for whatever reason trying to avoid injury. Brian, I did not know that that was going to matter this much. Also, I didn't know, and I referenced this two weeks ago, that the actual worst teams wouldn't be relegated. I know that other people might argue. I absolutely think Swansea is a better team than Huddersfield and Southampton, but the worst teams didn't get relegated 
mainly based on that example. So this is exactly the kind of moment where, I, for podcast drama, I wish Scott was here to hear you say that. Unfortunately, he's <laughs> in the middle of going pee-pee. I will revisit it when he comes in. Maybe not. Uh, number three. Things I didn't know. That guys really care about the golden boot. Yeah. It, there was a moment in the season where Kane was fighting for a shoulder goal. Like, yeah. it nicked his shoulder. Yeah, that one of the defining moments of the striker season. That you, you couldn't see he was fighting for that. Up until this point, I didn't think the guys cared that much about the golden boot. I'm extremely glad that that he didn't win it and that Salah did at this point. Scott, Scott's just now back. I, I referenced a minute ago, you missed number two. The actual worst teams wouldn't be relegated. The things I did not know. I believe that, that at least Swansea... And or Stoke are both better than Southampton and Huddersfield, and they did not get relegated. Disagree on Southampton. I, I know you did. So I'm just throwing that out there. I will say this, though. I'm bringing you into this a skosh. The relegation zone is the closest thing to actual real-life quicksand <laughs> that we will ever understand. Sure. There is something to be said about the psychological power of the relegation zone. Yeah. When you are in the bottom three, it is hard to get out. It is. All right, all right. Number four, things I did not know. I did not know, Brian, that you don't question Muhammad Salah. No. <laughs> I did not know that for Every, most of the season. Everybody. My stubbornness kept me from owning him, hence uh, as that assisted me and where I finished in the table. And then number five, and this is a little bit surprising, things I did not know. This is an easy theme that I noticed from last year, and I didn't learn from it, and I see it again this year, and now I'm learning from it. Things I did not know that I will next year is I will own Christian Eriksen all year. Regardless of his price, I will own him and start him. The last two seasons, he's finished either number three or number four in overall midfielder scoring. And get this, he plays like every game. Is this the segue into the midfielders? It will be in just a second. But look, Scott, what you didn't know, what you didn't know about this pod, is that I had five things that I didn't know and five things I now know. So now I'm going to get into those. Hey, can can I interject real quick, though? Yeah, sure. Last season, I had predicted Christian Eriksen would be the number one uh, scoring midfielder. Right. Looked like a terrible prediction. Early. First half of the year. I think he finished somewhere in the top five, second or something at the end of the season. He was way up. He was way up there, and it was worthwhile to own him. This season, he finished fourth, as we'll get into in just a minute. You're exactly right. Now, I didn't own Erickson until the last couple weeks this season. Yeah. It didn't do much for me then. But you're right. He is a guy, as I have said for the entire existence of this podcast, there are a handful of guys you plug in your lineup week one and you hold them all year long. And at the end of the season, when we do this podcast, we look at how many total points they have and you benefited from all those points. Yeah. And and, and you look back and like, oh my gosh, you pretty much played every game. Hey, and it oh shocks my gosh, you. It shocks you overall. because you don't feel it week to week. How did I not see this? Hey, you know exactly. where you know where I had uh, Christian Eriksen? Where is that? All from? season long, not on your on team. your draft on your team. draft team. <laughs> had to be in your draft team. On the on the NIT Championship winning yes. fantasy Premier League draft. Brian, I'm fantasy. sorry that I didn't prepare a how to say for your draft oh, title. 
It's true. You did get a draft title. It's Man. <laughs> Hold on. I still have I still have to talk about things I now know. Oh, wait. Okay, you, yeah. you don't want to pause it for a second? All right. Fine. Pause. Do you, do you have something to say about this? No. Okay. Things I now know. Okay. Start Aguero every week and have a capable backup ready. Okay. The reason why is, and we'll get to forwards in a minute. Yeah. I'll lean into that. But bottom line is, start Sergio Aguero. Good teaser. Every week. Okay. Number two, we've already referenced this, pick David De Gea. Brian, and never change it. Um, we've already referenced that? Yeah. yeah. All right. Hey, number three, things I now know. Scott, another little bit in your face. Okay. Obama Yang is good. Really good. Not in my face. I owned no. him the whole time. Scott, you did not own him the whole time. You picked him up the last couple weeks. False. Only when you knew that Arsenal was only playing him because he could not play at all in the Europa League. Scott, you kind of poo-pooed the move, saying that he was a head case and not a good team player. He is that, a head case. And that, no, he is not. He is a head case. We will find out. He will I, be a distraction next season. At the end of next year, you yep. will have to apologize because no. he will not be a distraction He will year. absolutely get upset about something stupid, and he will be a distraction for the new Arsenal manager next year when he's unhappy because they're not doing as well under new management as he thinks that they should. But by the way, I just went back and looked. I bought him for game week 32. So that's a good ways back there, Dave. Shut up, Brian. All right, so, so look, I want to say this, and I'll allude more to this in a minute. Aubameyang points per game because he only played in 13 games. His points per game were 7.25. A lot of points. Brian, Harry Kane, the number one striker, which we'll get to, points per game, 6.38. Yeah. Sergio Aguero, who missed, he was subbed two games and missed 13. He's out a lot. His points per game were 7.34. So, Aubameyang's was 7.25. He was in the Aguero range. Number nine, or, or excuse me, number four of things I now know. Pick Pascal Grob. <laughs> the name is actually gross. And never change it. We'll uh, get to that in a minute. Uh, yeah. Scott, yeah. we'll get to that in a I minute. I get it. I don't Trust know that, me. I don't know that that carries over to the Trust me. The other thing All is, right. the other thing I now know, which I did for most of this year, is own Raheem Sterling. So oh, Dave. Those, stuff, are, those, are, those are things that I will take into next year very good dave thank you very much hey guys i broke into the pod realizing that we were probably going to end up having like the long one of the longest pods we've ever had so here in production i decided that we're gonna gonna split it up so this will be the end of part one within the next day or so i will be able to release part two hope you enjoyed it and as always from the fancy soccer fc podcast until next time